You are listening to Coffee and Consent, episode 12. I'm Alicia. And I'm Nikki. And this is the podcast where we discuss autonomous birth, medical freedom, conscious parenting, and more. Here we go. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Coffee and Consent podcast. Alicia is not here with me today, but instead I have my husband James here with me. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here with everyone and being able to be a part of this. Awesome. Will you um, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself before we get started? (laughs) Well, I'm sure as... Some people have heard that Nikki's mentioned I'm an officer in the Navy. Um, I had plans on being a teacher in high for high school, um, but that didn't really work out. And uh, going to the Navy was sort of a last ditch effort to sort of get our family moving on the right track, headed somewhere with an actual career possibility. Um, but other than that, I feel like I had a pretty normal childhood. I had good parents who loved each other and just went to our local school, played sports, and went to college. Nothing really extraordinary there. Mm-hmm. But uh, in college is when I met Nikki at our church and um, sort of love at first sight right there. <laughs> um, and, you know, we've just been happy together ever since. So going back to your childhood, what was the climate like when you were growing up surrounding reproduction? What were you taught? What was the context? Paint wow. us paint us a little picture. Jumping right in. Yeah. Um, well, I had practically nothing told to me about the subject of reproduction. Uh, my father gave, you know, a bare bones explanation about sex that didn't go beyond the basic mechanics of actually just how, how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that you had sex and then hopefully nine months later you had a baby. (laughs) Everything between points A and Z was a complete mystery. And for the next 10 years, um, that was just uh, what reproduction was to me. Mm -hmm. You had this thing called sex and I, I guess I basically knew how to do it. But other than that, I didn't know anything else. Mm -hmm. Uh, My parents, uh, rightfully so, um, exempted me from the public school sex ed classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, they never supplemented mm-hmm. with any of their own explanation or instruction or any of that. So while I missed, like, you know, the Planned Parenthood sponsored indoctrination mm-hmm. that you get at public school, which is here's how you buy our products, mm-hmm. basically. And put and, on a condom. Right. Um, I was left with not knowing like what a period was until I was 20. That's Um, so crazy. And so they literally, and I don't, I don't mean to like throw anybody under the bus. Lots of parents fall into this, but they threw the baby out with the bathwater is what I'm gathering. Yeah. They want, they didn't want any of the bad. I was 10 in fifth grade when I had the talk. And other than that, I, I, I never had a single mention of, of anything related to sex reproduction. Not one single 
mention of it because it was, you know, the culture that they were brought up in. And I don't fault them too mm -hmm. much um, right. for that um, because they were raised in a culture where anything pertaining to sex was strictly private and mm. taboo for public conversation. Mm -hmm. So they were simply handing down what, what they were given, mm -hmm. you know, just that, um, you know, oh, at, at birth, the father waits in the waiting room, mm. smoking a cigar, you know, don't talk about a period that's gross. That's a woman's thing to mm. deal with. Men don't have to know about that and shouldn't have to hear about that. So how do you think that that context set you up for viewing women and birth and children and parenting and all of it? Um, it, I mean, it didn't... Um, Uh, I mean, it didn't leave me with an either negative or positive, um, perspective. Mm. Um, it was just simply a matter of, you know, birth was something handled by doctors at a hospital because it was complicated and potentially dangerous. Um, mm. I don't think it was until college that I realized people even had babies outside of a hospital, um, that home birth was even <laughs> something that people did. Um, it was, it was just simply, it was just a void. It mm. was, it, it wasn't anything negative or particularly positive. It just, birth was just, you had a baby, you went to the hospital and that was that. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think my perspective on like women, children, and parenting was formed less so from that and more so on just like my general upbringing. upbringing. Mm -hmm. um, I think listeners made me know that we're Catholic. Um, and so like, that's what I was raised in. And I always wanted to be married though. Even from when I was a little kid, I imagined being married and having children and a big family. Um, my dad was always respectful towards my mom. I learned how to be a father and husband from him. And I think he set a good example, mm -hmm. um, a good example for that. But um, I think it was just because there, we just didn't talk about sex or birth or reproduction or any of that. It was just, mm -hmm. it was just sort of an empty spot mm -hmm. there. Um, but yeah, I think it just sort of showed um the sadness of our of the society that they mm -hmm. were raised in um on a bit of an aside i think it's ironic how our society has become so open and flagrant with sex yet still understands so little about how it actually works mm. um you know everybody wants to talk about sex but nobody wants to talk about reproduction mm -hmm. you know like somehow reproduction is icky, but right. like sex is the fun part is, is glamorous. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just getting back to that, you know, original question, I, I believe my parents operated simply just in ignorance, you know, the realm of your physical health <clears throat> was to be left to the doctor. Mm. And so they didn't really talk about it at home. Um, you know, in the ever quickening march of industrialization and progress, we lost our knowledge of, self-sustainment and gave the reins to the professionals who were supposed to know 
know best and have our welfare at heart. Totally. Um, we left our bodies and what we put into them up to up to others. Mm -hmm. You know, we sort of shirked our responsibility for comfort and a sense of security. Mm -hmm. And also look look where that got us. Right. And this like illusion of safety. Yeah. This right. fake sense of like, oh, just let us handle it and everything will be fine. Right. Yeah. So uh I knew virtually nothing about reproduction until I was about twenty when by the grace of God I met Nikki <laughs> who taught me everything I know on the subject and continues to teach me new things almost daily. I mean it's like now I have conversations with women in which like I tell them and teach them about how their own bodies work because they just simply just don't know. Which is you know, kinda sad. But I guess, you know, that's that's a reality that medical professionals like right. and want to create because the less women know about themselves, the more they can be controlled. Right. So um, <clears throat> it's the sad reality of the last hundred, hundred years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred years. And we got away from um, reproduction being sort of an intimate family mm -hmm. village affair. Mm -hmm to this distant, impersonal, disconnected, you know, or, uh, you know, medical condition that mm -hmm. you have, that, mm -hmm. you're, that you're pregnant, which is um, obviously mm -hmm. bollocks. <laughs> so you said when you were in college, you think was the first time that you heard of women having babies at home. Was that after we met or had you heard of it before? We met? I, I don't know. That's just something where I was like, you know, obviously I know about it now, but I don't ever remember thinking about it when I was younger mm. and just given the fact that I didn't really know anything about birth, it probably was somewhere around college. Yeah. Um, but it's just yeah, one of those things you never know when you first hear about something. Mm -hmm. it, it must've been in college and probably around the time when I met you when, cause obviously your mom had all, all of your siblings at home. Mm -hmm. So it was probably then sometime when I was like, Oh, I mean, I guess that makes sense that some people do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but, it was simply not on my radar. Mm -hmm. My, you know, I always had the, the vision of running off to the hospital as soon as the water breaks, just like in, in, in any movie. <laughs> in the movies. Know? Oh, we got the bag. Let's go. You oh, know? man. So. Yeah. It's funny that one of the first questions people ask when you talk about home birth, they're like, can you do that? <laughs> Is, Is that illegal? allowed? Is that illegal? Like, yeah, it's possible to be illegal that you let a baby come out of your body. Well, I mean, it, it, it reminds me of the movie um, Wally, where um, the the captain of the ship he's sort of getting his eyes opened and he's learning about what life was like on Earth before they destroyed the planet and they mm -hmm. all lived in space. Mm -hmm. And they're like, "Wait, you grow food in the ground? <laughs> that that works? You don't just have like a feeding tube?" Like, and he's he's astonished and he thinks I think oh, it's like pizza trees or something. He thinks oh is, is real, you know? But he's like, "Oh, you just." You plant a pizza tree. It, I'm not sure if it's pizza, that's but it's, so it's something crazy. like that. But it, it's the same idea. We become, we become so disconnected mm -hmm. from our past mm -hmm. and from nature. that what was simple reality is now like wait outlandish. What? <laughs> what? That's so crazy. So share with us what it was like coming along for my evolution. Were there things that you found surprising or things that you had a particularly hard time with? What was it like? For um, you? Well, obviously, it's been ridiculously eye-opening, and <laughs> I'm exceedingly grateful for it because I know I would never have come to where I am um, without your getting there first and subsequently showing me this whole new world. Um, 
and it goes to show the power of gradual change when people are honest with with themselves and then their 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 opinions are not so biased towards one thing they refuse right. to listen to, to, to anything else um because of four years ago someone had you know bombarded me with a bunch of talk of free birth and nat naturopathy i don't i don't know how to say that mm -hmm, naturopathy, naturopathy. Mm -hmm. um you know i would have laughed made fun of them and continued in my ignorance but since we took things slowly you know we started with a home birth with a medwife which at the time scared the pants off me <laughs> um and then, i didn't even know that at the time when we were having jesse no, by yeah, the way. i mean i was because I was scared. like, yeah, I'm, I'm having a home birth. And you were just like, oh, okay. I mean, and part of it was just out of desperation. Like it was going to be cheaper than having to go to the hospital. Yeah. We had no money and no yeah. <laughs> insurance or anything like that, you know, so it's going to be cheaper. Um, you know, and then we started slowly learning about, you know, quote, alternate medications and, mm -hmm. you know, crazy things like that. <laughs> um, and then, you know, uncovering piece by piece the reality that, home birth and free birth is safe and that most problems and dangers regarding birth are caused by things at the hospital mm -hmm. or are completely fictitious to begin with right. you know it was because of that that i was able to to come to where i am now you know i think the initial home birth was the hardest part for you know mm -hmm. for me mm -hmm. because it was you know step that first step everything else after that was mm -hmm. just the next step in the sequence it mm -hmm. was the snowball you know right uh in anything you know, you're right. pushing pushing a large rock it's that initial burst of energy that takes the most after that it's just sustaining the momentum right. it's easy getting your car up to 80 miles an hour takes a lot more gas than keeping it going at 80 miles right. an hour once you're there so right. yeah that first home birth was like yikes this is different this is different this mm -hmm. is kind of scary all mm -hmm. right um and obviously it's just simply because of the culture that i was raised in to right. think that birth was inherent inherently dangerous that uh more likely than not something right uh bad was going to happen and it just <laughs> makes me think of something i thought about that we had just talked about yesterday i think that oddly enough but i guess maybe not oddly <laughs> that most stories i hear about birth on social media mm -hmm. from people who go to the hospital almost always include some sort of problem that happened mm -hmm. and, and and started thinking about it I'm like what what the heck is making people think that going to the hospital to have your baby is safe? Totally. Like almost every story I hear has some sort of emergency procedure or this went wrong or that right. thing went, you know, un unpredicted, you know, and, and you're saying hospital birth is safer. Yeah, totally. Was it hard going from like, okay, we did the midwife thing. That was what at the time, even I thought made home birth safe. Was it hard going from that to no midwife at all? What was that like? Um, again, I think it's just the it was just the natural yeah. progression of it, um, and obviously because um, we had a bit of a larger gap between Charles mm -hmm. and and our third baby, who is mm -hmm. yet to come, uh, or at least yet to be born. Um, it, it gave has been almost two years now and so there's a lot of time to learn right. learn new things get more information mm -hmm. so when it did come up it was sort of just the obvious right. answer it wasn't like oh are we gonna try this this time it was like well of course right. like is there really a question about this right. no I, I think once 
once we had seen all of the information and sort of broken out of the mold that society puts you in, mm-hmm. it was there was just no question about it. So it really wasn't much of a of a leap or a stretch of the imagination to go from having um, just sort of your a, a standard midwife home mm-hmm. birth to um, to a free birth. Mm-hmm. Do you find like especially given the climate of how you were raised, do you find yourself uncomfortable with the idea of sharing aspects about like our parenting decisions or especially surrounding this birth with our family or friends? Do you feel like uncomfortable with telling people that we're going to have a free birth? Uh, Absolutely not. Um, (laughs) Firstly, because I know our family is supportive of us and will always, you know, have our backs in any situation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they'll always, we don't have, um, frustrating in-laws at all that will, right. you know, have crazy expectations or, or anything of us. Um, mm-hmm. And secondly, I mean, I, I simply don't let other, what others think of me dictate my actions. Yeah. You know, um, like it wouldn't matter if they were like, well, I think that's super dangerous. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and I know you're always right there with some fact or data point to, you know, to back us up. You know, if, if I don't have it, I know, you always have an answer to any sort of question someone gives. You're like, well, actually. Um, so, you know, our way of life and the actions we take are things that I pride myself on. So I'm always more than happy to freak people out when we tell them the things we do, you know. We can just be, it, it's kind of fun being the crazy, the weird crazy one. weirdos. Yeah. That's an interesting um thought around like oh you're shaming me for this this or this choice i'm like i am not ashamed of any choices that we make in any way shape or form like no one could sit down and be like how dare you bed share Mm -hmm. you know and it would affect me in any way i'm like okay well i'm confident in that choice and it's what works for us yeah okay i'm sorry you draw your self-worth from what other people think of you and you're constantly seeking other people's attention that must be very tiring yeah um, but okay. I know what I believe and I act accordingly Yeah, and people can think what they want to think. Yeah. So I don't think I ever came out and said like, Hey honey, I'm going to have a free birth. I made that decision like way before I even got pregnant. I'm only like four weeks along at the time that we're recording this. And I've known that I'm going to have a free birth for months. So I never spelled it out to you, but are you concerned about any part of my wild pregnancy or my free birth in the fall? Yeah. Yeah, I might <laughs> I know that might be shocking. And as I was writing my notes for this, I knew I was gonna be a little shocking, but it's with a very important caveat, as most things in life are. Um, I am worried about it, but only in the sense that it's my responsibility to worry about anything and everything that might, you know, quote, go wrong right. uh, in our family. So, you know, for example, you know, I, I worry about the possibility of your car breaking down right. while I'm at work or something and you're out, you know, doing whatever, whatever it is you mm-hmm. do. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, do you have all the resources you need in order to get, get it to the shop, you know, to get fixed? Do you, we have the money to fix it, mm-hmm. et cetera? You know, so I, you know, I have to worry about the possibility of my dying while I'm on deployment. Right. You know, our, all of our papers in order so that you can get the ins- the life insurance payout and, right. you know, all those things likely to happen? No. But I need to worry about 
the potential right. nonetheless. So when it comes to this birth, you know, I feel I'm obligated to acknowledge any possibility and ensure we're prepared for it. And I think that over the past couple of years, we have learned a lot and your level of knowledge mitigates so many of those potential complications in birth that the likelihood of anything going wrong is almost negligible. Mm -hmm. So while I don't think there will be any problems, um, I think we need to respect the power of nature for both good and bad mm. and and be prepared. So yeah, mm -hmm. you know, I worry, but only in the abstract, I have to worry about everything right. kind of way. You know, <clears throat> I have to be, be prepared for, for, anything. for, for, for anything. Right. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting is you're actually way more likely to die in a car accident driving to the grocery store than you are of dying in birth. Right. But nobody is like, oh my gosh, how do you drive a car? How right. do you get in the car? I mean, the people who ask those questions who are that stressed out about it have anxiety issues like that's not a normal thing to just sit and like well, and stew even, over i'm sure our listeners will agree <clears throat> to the same situation with covid totally like, you're way more likely to die on your way to get tested for right. COVID than, <laughs> than you are of COVID, covid totally and like that's that's just always such a fascinating point like yeah but you could die at any moment right anybody can die at any moment mm -hmm. and nobody is generally right. sitting there completely we, we, terrified we, we, we put certain things <clears throat> in place so that you know, we don't really have to cognizantly or, right. or actually or consciously yeah. be be always worried about. It. Like that's why we have mm -hmm. car insurance. Mm -hmm. So in case we get in a car accident, we only have to pay, uh, you know, a, a, a little amount before you know the uh, insurance will cover the rest. So that's why it's not like we decided to have a free birth in a situation where we knew absolutely nothing about birth and we're just like, screw it, let's do it. Like. We obviously know much more about it now and are equipped to right. do a free birth. Right. You know, if if it were six years ago, I don't think we would have been equipped. Right. I to, wouldn't to, have to even, yeah, it. like felt comfortable. So, but now we, we've done our research, we've done our homework, we've learned what we need to do. We've put in those fact, those mitigating factors mm -hmm. to, to reduce the level of, mm -hmm. of, of risk so that it's, mm -hmm. it's really not, not an issue. Mm -hmm while still acknowledging like life happens right. and death happens right which is what you just said about the power of nature for better right. or for worse like it like, is a powerful force and, right and you have to respect that and understand <clears throat> that even though our bodies are designed to do certain things and and a woman's body is designed to have a baby um things of course can can go wrong of course. you know like um when i was writing on my notes i was thinking because you know i go to the gym every day and yes our bodies are designed to do the movements that you do when you're working out however if you know absolutely nothing about how the body works you could seriously hurt yourself even while doing things and movements that your body is designed to be able to do you know obviously if you lift way more than your muscles are capable of you could tear a muscle you could you know you could injure yourself while while doing something that your body is designed to be able to do if you don't know how to do it correctly I guess so yes body is designed to be able to give birth um but you also have to learn there's like a human element mm -hmm. there's an intellectual element mm -hmm. um you have to know you have to know how it works so in case for some unlikely reason that something it doesn't go you know mm -hmm. smoothly you can take appropriate action which is the definition of responsibility right like that's another thing in addition to the like oh is that allowed you know 
question that comes up. It's like, oh, free birth is so irresponsible. Like, who do you think is taking responsibility? We are. Right. Who do you think is taking responsibility when you go to the hospital? You still are, but you think you're giving it away in exchange for this lie that you're safe. Right. Because it's, it's not like, like if you, if your baby died in a free birth, right. You would be blamed for that. Right. Not in any legal way, well, but I mean, depends. not like, like you wouldn't be charged as a murderer. Right. You know, that's what I mean. Um, but socially, but even if you went to a hospital and your baby died, you wouldn't be blamed for it, but the doctor would be blamed for it. It would just be, oh, these things happen. Sometimes babies die. And, you know, sometimes things in birth just happen. There's just no control over it. So, like, why is it that if it's at home and the it's baby dies, it's your fault. Right. But if it's at the hospital, it's not the doctor's fault. Right. Well, and even I was just listening to one of the Free Birth Society episodes where the woman was having a baby with a new guy and the dad of her older kids was telling those older kids, your baby sibling could die because he disapproved of his ex's mm. decision to have a free birth. And she's sitting there like, yeah, the baby could die, but guess where else the baby could die at a hospital where mm -hmm. you're actually more likely to die. Like, why is it helpful to tell little girls that their sibling might die. Like, of course they might die. You might die sitting here, right here, right now. Like it's not, it's not helpful. Right. And it doesn't change the fact that babies die in the hospital too. And at a much higher rate. So on that topic of like men who are either uncomfortable with or disapproving of home birth or free birth, do you have any advice for those men or or any, yeah, any words, any thoughts for them? Um, well, if any men are listening, but for the wives of the husbands who are mm -hmm. listening, um, there's two, two things. There's one that's more of a concrete data-driven point, and there's one that's more of a theoretical, abstract, mm -hmm. philosophical mm -hmm. point. Uh, so the data concrete version is that this whole idea that home birth and free birth is dangerous is super antiquated. Mm. It's not at all true. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's absolutely ridiculous because the statistics that people cite mm -hmm. are hundreds of years old. Mm. They say, Oh, free birth is dangerous. Remember in the middle ages, <laughs> Remember 900 <laughs> years ago when people used to die during childbirth? Like, oh, yes, yes. Nothing has changed right. in those 900 years. We know nothing more about birth than we do right. did 900 years ago. So, yeah, of course, babies are going to die at a, like 25% mortality rate if you go to home birth because we know absolutely nothing more than we did in the Middle Ages. Right. Absolutely. And there's yes. no way that any of those numbers are inaccurate. Right. Well, still okay, that did happen, but that's not because birth was dangerous or they were doing something inherently dangerous, like, okay, cures for diseases in the right. middle ages, bleeding people. Right. Obviously like that's just scientifically, it doesn't hold up. Right. You know, that's not true. You don't bleed the demons out of people. Right. And they didn't have them. access to running water or like proper right. Right. sanitation. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's like, it, to compare 
uh, a home birth to birth in the Middle Ages is um, just absolute nonsense mm-hmm. in, in, in every single field of study and in, in, in every single way. It's just complete nonsense mm-hmm. because we obviously know so much more now. Um, and it's not just saying saying this in like a well, I'm just, and it's not like a philosophical way. It's a data-driven way. Mm-hmm. Like, look at the numbers. Now, mm-hmm. I'm sure you actually mm-hmm. have numbers, but home birth is not it's at exactly all. It's exactly the same. It's the, the mortality rate is the same as mm-hmm. hospitals. So it's, it's... Which I would actually, if I can add to that, I would argue that the home birth numbers would be even better if midwives would quit screwing up births. Right, and, and if... Like, they're sabotaging and, births at almost the same rate that OBs are. That's the only reason why those numbers are even as close right. as they are. And the only reason that hospital mortality rate is as low as it is compared to home birth rate is because they have the tools to fix all the mistakes that they're making. making. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's like, you know, you're maybe theoretically say you're, you're just as safe driving a car um, down the freeway as you are walking on, on the sidewalk, Mm -hmm. uh, down a road, maybe the mortality rates of people dying, doing those activities is the same, but walking is still inherently safer. Right. Even though you have a seatbelt, you have all these, you know, Mm. mitigating factors, you have your airbags and all of that. There's still so many more things that Mm -hmm. could go wrong. And you're still not walking at 80 miles an hour. Right. (laughs) Like, like when you, when you look at, at hospital birth and, and things that happen, like the number of incidents is like way higher, Mm -hmm. but they only don't result in death, which is for some reason, the only thing that people consider, the only factor people consider in whether something is safe or not is if you die. die. It's like you're either living and everything is peachy or you're dead. Right. It's the whole, um, you know, all that matters is the baby is healthy mentality that for some reason, only death is considered undesirable right right (laughs) nothing else so it's like yes actually there's so many more problems and incidents in hospital birth it's just that they have the means to fix them or you know in a sense cover it up Mm -hmm. even though the u.s has still has like one of the worst mortality outcomes in the whole world right the developed world yeah right which is something that people like to overlook right yeah we it like so then go to your like philosophical point or the abstract point in in the advice for so it's like okay so you're scared and i don't blame you because uh that's the culture raised and i was scared and we had our first home birth right um but it's for most people you don't live five hours away from your nearest hospital like if you want to, like it, it I, doing a free birth isn't a permanent choice. Right. You can choose in the middle of it to go to a hospital. Mm-hmm. It's not like, all right, we're doing this now. We can't do anything else. Right. We can never see a doctor again in our life. It's not this all or nothing mm-hmm. thing. You can, you can have a free birth and something goes wrong. Or you change your mind and change your mind, what, whatever yeah. happens. And you can go to it's, most people live relatively close to a hospital. Mm-hmm. Like it's most cases where someone dies in childbirth. It's not like everything's going just fine. And then three minutes later, everyone's dead. Right. Like there's obviously signs and things right. that lead up to that, that give you time to be able to 
to take action or if you want to go to a hospital. Um, so that's not like a data. Here's some number points, right. but it's just like a what are you scared about? Like, if you need to dial nine one one, it's not like you can't do that. Right. It's not like you can't get other help right. if if you need it. Well, and understanding that an undisturbed physiological birth is so much safer than anyone understands, right? Because right. we're all made to believe that if a woman just lets a baby come out of her body, everybody's going to die. But understanding that it's so much safer mm -hmm. and that the hospital has only in very rare circumstances, something actually helpful to offer you. Like if, I feel like if men understood that. Like if, if we needed hospitals as much as we use them, if we actually needed oh, totally. them, totally, humanity would never have survived. <laughs> Like we totally. would never have gotten as far as we do if, if we needed if ninety nine percent of birth needed medical intervention. Right. If, if we if we needed all the things that we need now or that we don't need, but if, if we needed all the things that we get from a modern hospital, right? How did we ever survive until right. that happened? Like, of course, it doesn't make like, any of sense. Of course, most most things you get out of hospital aren't necessary, right? Yeah. Just like you, you, you go to a, a grocery store. Most things there aren't necessary for your survival. Right. But some things are, you know, nice to haves, um, you know, or maybe they just make you feel better. You know, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm yeah. wrong with that one, but like, yeah. But if, if hospital birth were seen as an option and not a must. Right. If, there are legitimate things that hospitals provide, but when you're talking about birth, those things are rare. Yeah. They just, they simply, um, when you look at the data, it simply, they, they, they don't provide, mm -hmm. I mean, in obviously certain rare cases, they do provide life-saving things, but, uh, certainly not to the degree that they make you feel they do. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm trying to just get back to the the advice piece. Like if you were talking to a guy in real time and he was like, yeah, my wife really wants this kind of birth, but I'm just, I can't, I can't do it. Like, do you know what you would say to him? I, I think one of the big points is that birth and pregnancy isn't a medical condition. It's a natural occurrence. Um, you know. We don't take wild animals into a vet to give birth. Right. They just do it on their own. And right. um, obviously the woman is going through it right now. So she's physically feeling what's happening in birth and can tell you, you know, this feels right. This feels wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you can, you can relate it to, you know, if, if you're working out, there's two kinds of pain. There's the pain that you expect from working mm. out and you realize it's a, a quote, good kind of pain. Yeah, it's a good kind of pain. Um, that you're supposed it's to feel. It's a safe kind of pain. Right. And there's the other kind of pain when you're injured and you instantly know the difference between the two. You may have never read a medical journal on <laughs> anything relating to working out or right. um, how your muscles work. 
but you immediately know the difference between good pain and bad pain. Mm -hmm. And there's no question about it. You know, when you hurt you you know, when something has gone wrong. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of, you know, ridiculous (laughs) for someone who's not involved in the sense that they're not the one who's actively doing it to be the one saying that something is wrong or this is going well like obviously you you can look at things from sort of an objective like you know if you know there there are certain things you can be like okay if this is happening something actually is going wrong but there's an inherent uh there's also an inherent aspect to it where something may not show up on a test yet or show up on some sort of study but you you feel it happening and you and you know it's wrong so for men there's also an aspect that you just need to trust your wife um because she's the one who's actually doing it and her body is designed to do it so there's there's that aspect of just simply trusting and understanding that yes the likelihood of something actually going wrong is so so small just so small and the same amount of small as it is happening in a hospital so there's no like okay well but it would be even safer in a hospital no it wouldn't statistically no it wouldn't and logically like it's the exact same Mm -hmm. so yes your wife knows and has an intuition into something that you don't Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. through like it's not a good thing or a bad thing there's nothing wrong with it right um but she's the one actually going through it and she's the one who can feel the things happening so if she's telling you something's wrong or no nothing's wrong i'm fine or this is what i want like you can trust her like this is like you're not the one giving birth Mm -hmm. you know it is still like your baby but you're not the one giving birth Mm -hmm. so like you i trust i trust nikki to know what she's doing and to be able to make all the right decisions so i I leave that up to her like you know you're, you're the one who's going through it this is your experience so you make the shots and i'm going to support you and there are things in our life where they're my calls. Mm-hmm. And so Nikki doesn't make decisions about certain things. I She just leaves it up to me and I do it and she trusts me to, to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. So like if your wife leaves all of your family's finances up to you, why don't you leave birth up to your wife? Well, and it's not even the same thing because it's not like, well, men own money or women own money. Women own birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is ours. There's it no belongs to us. That... There's no aspect of the action of birth that belongs to me. Right. So your wife trusts you in plenty of things. Why don't you trust your wife with this? Maybe you have to ask yourself some uh, hard questions. Some hard questions. Well, some and I know perspective thinking there. Some healing, some digging. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And when I was having Charlie, I was in a massive like Facebook due date group. And this woman was also having her second, her first was really traumatic. And she told her husband, I'm having a home birth. Like, I'd love for you to be on board. I would really want your support, but I will not go back to the hospital in the absence of 
like needing medical attention Mm -hmm. and he was having a really hard time with it. And so, you know, she was in the group asking for advice and support and has anybody else's husband gone through this. And I just told her like, it might be that he is this stressed out until you have an amazing home birth. And then Mm -hmm. he's going to look back at it and be like, Oh my gosh, you know, I can't even imagine having gone to the hospital. And, and he did, he really turned into, he, you know, was super supportive in the birth. He showed up even holding the fear and the anxiety that he had. That's okay. You can hold that too and show up for her. And he was really healed from the traumatic birth that she had the first time Mm -hmm. because you know, in that first birth, the midwife like yelled at her to stop pushing because the doctor hadn't gotten there yet. And the whole, the whole thing was just horrible. And he was traumatized by that too. And so by watching this second birth, this home birth that she wanted, it actually healed his Mm -hmm. fear and his affliction. So if that's what it takes. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 this thing, this idea can be applied just to your whole life in general like it's it's a it's a way of life to constantly be asking yourself why like mm-hmm. why are you scared mm-hmm. of birth mm-hmm. you know you can say oh because uh well I'm, I'm scared of free birth and home birth because it's more dangerous than hospital birth mm-hmm. why do you think that mm-hmm. who told you that mm-hmm. are you are, is, and what, is was your you recently, birth right, like, traumatic right, when well, your mother like, had you like constantly reevaluating. like i i constantly ask myself, why do I believe the things that I believe even mm-hmm. things that I believed all my life? Mm-hmm. You, it's, it's just mm-hmm. uh, constant self-reflection. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a way of life that so many people don't have anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's super important. Um, and, and it applies Everything. super strongly to, to birth. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, why don't you trust it? Why don't you trust your wife? Mm-hmm. Why do you think this is dangerous? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, Obviously, things can go wrong in nature because nature isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think a lot of people need the reassurance that this is a natural process. Mm-hmm. Your body is designed to be able to do this. Um, and then also, because nobody nobody looks at facts. Nobody, No one actually looks at, at the studies. People want to read the title of the article, the headline, whatever and draw their own conclusions and form their their whole opinion mm-hmm. based on that um people aren't interested in looking at studies and interpreting data um so a lot of people just simply don't know and that's where you, you just mm-hmm. you, you got to be ready you got to have have these tools in your in your in your kit to just say actually um home birth statistically is at least I mean, if you want to look at just mortality rate if that's what you're interested in nothing right. else it's just as safe as as a hospital birth um and unfortunately it will require such a large cultural Mm -hmm. change because you know in other times most women did know as as much as that society Mm -hmm. knew about birth Mm -hmm. versus now you know most women don't know anything. Mm-hmm. So you're completely reliant on, mm-hmm. on the hospital. So it, it is going to require a, a big, you know, social change to mm-hmm. where we actually teach women about these things mm-hmm. um, so that they can do it. It's like we talked about earlier, you know, um, yes, your body's designed to it, but to do it, but you also should understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, men need to know that, this is totally safe. Mm-hmm. 
And um, if somebody, oh, I was thinking about it just the other day. Um, if somebody is trying to, you know, get you to, if they're saying, leave it to me, they're trying to take your power away, away mm-hmm. from you. If, if, if you're, if it's a dog thing, just, just leave it to me. They're, they're, they're trying to keep you in the dark. Right. They're trying to take away your autonomy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to be suspect of that. Right. Why, why are you trying to, you know, uh, make me sort of a non-factor in, mm-hmm. in this event? Why are you trying to take me out of this? Um, because they know inherently mm-hmm. that if people knew um, just your basic facts about birth, that they would be useless. Right. That an OB would be useless. Mm-hmm. If you knew that cervical checks don't tell you anything useful, if ultrasounds didn't tell you anything useful outside of being able to, you know, buy pink or blue clothes, <laughs> you know, which actually, which I know a lot of times, it a lot of times it is wrong. Um, but if it told you anything useful mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. which I, so many times babies get diagnosed with these mm-hmm. issues in a hospital, and there are tests that are ninety six percent wrong. Yeah, and they're still passed yeah. off as your baby has this, it's even though ninety four percent of the time I said ninety six last time I meant ninety four percent of the time, which, yeah. oh, oh no, 96, 94, <laughs> no, 94% of the time are wrong. Yeah. Like, like they, they tell you nothing, nothing useful. Helpful. And, and if people, if people knew that. Yeah. OBs would be totally out of business. Yeah. So obviously they don't want you They They want you to just, Hey, quiet, go away. Let me handle this. Yeah. Give me the power. But unfortunately you're going to keep all the responsibility. Yeah. You if, still if have to you, go home with whatever say, birth you have. Me, it's okay. Let me handle this. And the baby dies of them. Oh, it just happens. Like, yeah. why aren't you being sued then? Right. Which like, some women are successful, but that's so much more like pain and stress than a nurse patting you on the head and saying, well, it's okay. Cause, right. if, cause if, you're healthy if or your baby. Medical healthy, professionals or... were held responsible. Right. They would never give you the assurance that, right. they, give that you. they give you. Well, and it's like, it was like that horrible reel that I was sharing to my story about the midwife who was all excited when her, when her patients come in with a birth plan that says epidural, please healthy mom, healthy baby. Mm-hmm. And she's like all excited because you can't plan birth, which if that's what you think what a birth plan is, you're an idiot. But you trying to have certain ideas of what you want your birth to look like, or you want to exercise your own autonomy, or you want to be treated like a human being that is a threat mm-hmm. to them. Right. Like, that's so crazy. If you think about it like that, if you think about it from the midwife's perspective, like, oh, well, honey, things happen. You know, just let us abuse you, lay down, open up your legs and let us do whatever we want to do. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, of course, you saying, no, get off of me. I don't need to be here. Which is, is a threat. crazy because it's the only field in which people do that. Like, if you went out to eat... And then changed your mind partway through and told your server, uh, actually, I'm, uh, we're just going to go home and eat. Imagine if they were like, oh my goodness, you're going to get E. coli. <laughs> you're going to eat undercooked meat. Because you die. just don't know how to cook at like, home. Let, let us leave it to, leave it to us. Yeah. Like, That's how, literally how what it is. You ever cook at home. Yeah. 
oh my goodness, the dangers of cooking. Don't you know that sometimes people choke on the food they make at home? Right. Like (laughs) nowhere else would that line of thought would, would would ever hold up. It's insane. It's just in the, in the medical community that you're like, you know what? I actually don't need these things that you're offering. They'd be like, oh, no, actually, you do. And we somehow, strangers who meet with you for five minutes once a month, have more of an investment in your baby's health, care more about whether they right. live or die. We care more than you, the mother. It's totally bonkers. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> did you have anything else to add? Or any other questions or anything you want to talk about right now? Don't think We've so. We've had a fun time. Yeah, we have. Yeah. I want to say thank you. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. very nice to hear your perspective. It's been fun. <laughs> I'm glad I had an opportunity to share it. And mm-hmm. Hopefully maybe, maybe give some different perspective that I knew someone hadn't heard about before. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. it's always good to branch out and listen to other resources. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love you too. Mm -hmm. That's it for today, everyone. Follow us on Instagram at coffee and consent. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.